hi welcome back to another edition of the spike bar podcast uh, as you've probably already seen in your feed earlier this week i did a uh, drop the interview with richard franklin uh, i've discovered golf a uh, really interesting conversation with him so i hope you had a chance to uh, to listen to that i'd certainly be interested in getting your thoughts and feedback on that so please do reach out to me at the spike bar uh, to give me them and, and actually if you've got any ideas for other people you'd like for me to interview interesting people in golf can be anything to do with golf caddies green keepers people with interesting stories to tell etc always happy to uh, to chat to people so do reach out to me at the spike bar uh, on twitter um, to uh, to give me any recommendations there uh, i'll have another interview lined up for you back end of this week as well with the lads from pga life 365 that's adam trett and simon byford i uh, sat down with them last week um, to talk about you know them and uh, being your sort of YouTube YouTube golf PGA pros and kind of their journey there and then we put the world to right about all things golf um, and get some picks and stuff in there for you as well to look forward to with major season coming up um, but without further ado let's uh, get into this show which is obviously reviewing what happened last week at the players and then getting into the uh, um, the Valspar Championship and Maybank Championship on the PGA European Tours respectively um, so first things first, the players. Unbelievable tournament, great tournament, uh, brilliant leaderboard, all sorts of interesting na- names on that leaderboard, um, both from kind of the, the the Bombers, obviously won by Rory, DJ was up there, Ram was doing well, but also the kind of the more canny strategic players, Jim Furyk, um, Brant Snedeker, uh, and then before sort of falling away a little bit the likes of Kevin Kisner uh, as well so just a, a really interesting tournament and a, a really quirky golf course um, which which at times is a uh, almost a bit too quirky but what it does do it just provides a really fascinating leaderboard in, in that anybody can win on any day um, and it really does test the mental strength there are opportunities to to get eagles left right and center but those eagles can also quickly turn into double and quadruple bogeys as seen by uh, a tiger on friday uh, with his drama in the water on 17 um so just a really really good golf course and a, a fabulous event that was really tight towards the end at uh, you know, one point on sunday i think there were 20 people within three strokes of the lead um so just a, a really great event and lovely to see Rory McIlroy getting in the winner's circle and just putting away some of those doubts that certainly this, those of us in the, on social media and within the golf space have kind of been talking about over the last couple of months that he's not been able to close out the great form that he's had. So it's just kind of good for good for uh, him to be able to put that to rest and you know for any perhaps inner demons that he may well have had. Um, and look, so he only becomes the third player after Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods to have 15 PGA Tour titles and four majors before the age of 30. Um, so he's in very, very good company there. And again, I think a testament to just how good a golfer uh, he is and has been for a sustained period of time. Um, and obviously with the four majors he has, and uh, and the players adding to that, he's just adding to some of the great tournaments that he has won over the years. Um, 
that win puts him back up to fourth in the world rankings and overtakes Xander Schauffele to lead the FedEx Cup rankings as well. So uh, good win, good win for Rory and another good week for him. Um, and he's just, I mean, his form this season has been outrageous. Um, uh, five top sixes and a victory. He's currently 80 under par for his six events he's played this year in the PGA Tour, which seems seems outrageous um, almost averaging 15 under par uh, tournament which is just insane and and this week again I mean we could see on Sunday it was almost infuriating at times watching him putt uh, just has so many chances that he doesn't get um, but he led he led the field in strokes gain tee to green he had more than 13 strokes uh, over the average of the field so I mean when you're gaining 13 strokes on the field uh, over a tournament week um, you're going to be there or thereabouts all you need is a few putts to go in so just a, a fabulous week from Rory and again underlying his form and, and naturally him being one of the favourites for the Masters this year and whilst the Masters has kind of been a sort of bit of a bittersweet um place for him to be he's obviously had some really good form there but never quite closed out he's definitely going to be there or thereabouts he's he's a each way certainty for me to be top five finish at the masters just depends on how well his, his putter behaves that that week um elsewhere we obviously can't go anywhere without talking about Jim Furyk um, just great to see him playing so well uh, and he was so solid uh, coming down that back nine with birdies on 16. Uh, just so unfortunate not to birdie the 17th. That putt looked like it was going in all day long and then his approach to 18 was imperious. Um, uh, just a fabulous finish. Uh, shame for him to finish runner-up. That was his 31st runner-up position uh, on the PGA Tour. Only Phil Mickelson has more with 35. Uh, again, just a testament to how great a career he's had. Uh, at 48, he can still mix it uh, with the best of them. Um, and then we had obviously Eddie Pepperell and Johnny Vegas tied for third, uh, 14 under. Eddie was just must-watch TV uh, over the weekend. His sort of laissez-faire attitude um, just it just seemed to do him the world of good around the players. He you could see in his post uh, post interviews, which were hilarious and full of innuendos as always. Uh, I think he likened himself to Seve on Saturday evening, uh, which made me smile quite a lot. I just this everything about him is good for golf. Uh, personality just streaming out there, not saying the same old things as a lot of them do. Just a really interesting guy. Uh, who can play some golf he played the last 12 holes seven under par including that crazy double breaking 50 footer on the uh, on the 17th for a birdie um he was only outdone on the 17th by uh, by johnny vegas who sunk a 72 foot putt which i think is the longest putt in history on that 17th hole in tournament play so a great week for those two guys and then we come to tommy Tommy Fleetwood obviously tied for fifth. Another great week for him. He'll be disappointed with the weekend, but he was really struggling with his irons over the weekend. With uh, it just seemed to be pulling uh, any sort of mid long iron. Everything was seemed to be going left, so he really struggled. But fought in hard to finish tied for fifth alongside DJ and Brant Snedeker. Um, DJ with the sneakiest uh, fifth place finish you'll ever see was abysmal on the greens um he had a week like jordan spieth did um i forget which one it was i think it might have been riviera where i think he missed he didn't miss eight putts inside 10 feet he missed six 
inside 10 feet including two four footers just cannot get the putter going Tita Green he was uh, I think he was 10 strokes better than the rest of the field just just could not get the putter going so uh, but still you know just again proves I think Rory and DJ are, are the most powerful um, players on the tour and, and when they've got their A game I don't think anyone can keep with them it's just whether they can putt um, if either of them putt well they're going to win pretty much any tournament going so uh, again another another great solid week for him um, and then we come to uh, the Ram meltdown, which we have to touch on. He looked so good on Saturday. Um, shot a 64, 8 under, was flawless, was so much better than the rest of the field on Saturday, was ridiculous. Uh, he looked completely in control. He had a bogey early on in his round, but he managed to bounce back and just played some supreme golf coming down the, the final nine holes on Saturday to take the 54-hole lead. And on Sunday, he and Fleetwood were kind of spluttering a little bit, but were still he was still in the lead going on the 11th of par 5 when he drove it in the bunker and then decided that trying to hook it around some trees from the bunker over water against the wind from 220 yards out was a good idea. His caddy rightly tried to call him off it, but he, he wouldn't wouldn't have anything of it and then promptly dumped it in the water and had a go at his caddy dropping F-bombs um, uh, for him getting in his head, basically. For, for me, again, that kind of signifies some of the learning and maturity that he needs to, to do moving forward there's no way he should be taking that shot on if he'd laid up he would have had a good chance of wedging it in for a birdie wedging it close and, and a birdie putt and even if he takes a par um, he's still tying for the lead with the 12th which is a drivable par 4 and the 16th which is obviously easily reachable in two with his length uh, with a driver and a, and a mid iron at, at most so I, I think he got in his own head and just he was obviously struggling with his game a little bit on that day anyway and wanted to kind of give himself a G up but that was not the time or the place to do it and you know, unfortunately ended up finishing outside the top 10 um, by posting a 76 but um, it was up until that point it was a good week for him um, and then rounding out the top 10 we had Justin Rose and, uh, and Jason Day so sneaky good leaderboard but with lots of different styles of golfer there or thereabouts um, and uh yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the drama throughout the week was pretty pretty brilliant. Um, there was lots of stuff going on. We had holes in one from Ryan Day and Sunjay Im. You had an albatross from Harris English. You had Tiger, you know, nobody going in the water on Friday on 17. Then Tiger went in twice and had a quadruple bogey. Um, you had Poulter, who started out like a house on fire um, Thursday, Friday, and started off well Saturday before imploding. So it was just look, lots of storylines, lots of interesting um, play. And for me, just a great win for Rory. Really pleased that he got uh, got the win in the first win in a year and just puts away some of those doubters and hopefully he can push on and have a very good week in three weeks' time at the Masters. Um, in terms of the picks this week, so I had Tommy Fleetwood finish tie for fifth. I ended up getting the two points uh, for this week um, because my compadres... Uh, had Adam Adam had Xander Schoffler who missed the cut um, Mark or Invisible Golfer as you'll know him on Twitter had Ian Poulter who as we touched on great 
great uh, Thursday, Friday, looking very good early Saturday before imploding and ending up finishing a tied for 56. And Simon had, Cy Byford had Kevin Kisner, who again looked very good until falling away on Sunday to finish in tied 22nd. So at one stage, you looked very good with, I think Tommy was leading, Poulter was third and Kisner was fifth at one stage on Saturday. Um, So it looked like it was going down to the wire, but unfortunately, Tommy held strong and the rest fell away. So... The bonus point went to me this week. Um, European Tour. European Tour played the Magical Kenyan Open. I shan't tell a lie. I didn't see any of it other than the clips I saw on Twitter. Um, But I did see that Guido Migliosi won his first European Tour title at 22 years old. So he's another young Italian coming through. uh, Another young bit of young uh, blood coming through on the European Tour. So a great win for him taking advantage of perhaps not the strongest of fields. um, But even so, he held out in style. Played the last three or four holes very, very well, very aggressively. So well done to him. Uh, It was another great week for Justin Harding who was following up his week his win last week uh, with a tied second finish alongside Adri Arnaus, the young Spaniard, and Diego. Um, Arnaus is someone you need to be aware of down the line. We're going to hear his name more and more. He seems to be featuring uh, more and more on European Tour as he gets used to playing on it. So he's a good young player. And last week was a great event for um, some of the Challenge Tour graduates of last year. Uh, yeah, top 10 finishes for the likes of Liam Johnston, uh, Kala Samuja and, and Roman Longasque. So yeah, well done for those guys kind of taking advantage of the fact that um, some of the big heavy hitters are uh, were over obviously at the players um, to get some good, good money in the bank um, and some points for the race to Dubai and obviously keeping their card for next season. Um, in terms of other news this week, I suppose the only sort of notable news is that Tiger has hinted that he will be playing the WGC match play in Austin next week, um, which will be the first time he has played a competitive event in Texas since 2005, which I couldn't quite believe. That seems outrageous that he's not played in Texas for that long, for 14 years, but uh, it will be good if he is there Um great event i love the match play event so be i'll be really looking forward to that next week and uh, great to see tiger back playing there and using that as some of his warm-up to the masters which is in three weeks time uh, so i imagine he'll play that then he'll have some rest and then he'll be at the masters so uh well done to him um this week we have the valspar championship on the pga tour i'm going to spend most of my time concentrating on that um uh, valspar uh, unfortunately for them is it's sandwiched between the WGC match play and the players so the, the field is a little bit affected by that but still a pretty decent field in what is one of the most toughest courses that they'll play on the PGA Tour all year, lo- all year long um, the average score around this place is literally just under 72 71.9 um, and it ranks in the top 15 of courses that are most challenging in driving in accuracy off the tee, in proximity to the hole, in fairways hit and in scoring. Um, So whenever a course has all of those combined in the top 15 of most challenging, it's going to be a difficult course. This course lends itself to, again, strategic golf play. It's not a bomb and gouge 
paradise. Um, it is very much keeping your ball in play and trying to you know, make sure you miss the hole on the right side and make your putts where you can. Um, so it, it tends to score. The scoring will certainly be lower than you normally see on the PGA Tour. Normally, anywhere between 5 and 12 under tends to win this this event. Uh, we had Paul Casey winning it last year uh, in 2018. Uh, previous winners include Adam Habwin, Charles Swartzel, Jordan Spieth and Martin Keimer. So um, some interesting people there who have won uh, this event previously. Um, I think in terms of the field itself, so <clears throat> so excuse me um we've got dj leading the field at five to one then ram day sergio garcia webb simpson patrick reed paul casey gary woodland and then jim furick that's interesting jim is one two three four five six seven eight nine tenth tenth favorite to win this event jim furick after his good week last week so good on him um f- for me this course sets up for someone who's going to keep it in play and make some putts so i'm going with webb simpson um he's at 20 to one uh, he finished uh, top 20 finish last week at the players, backing up his victory of last year, of 12 months ago. Historically done okay here at Valspar. Um, had a few top 10s here, including a tied for eighth last year, which was coming off the... Um, uh, well, actually, it was in the run-up, wasn't it, last year to, to the players. Um, it's a challenging course, suits his game. It's not the longest course out there, uh, but you know his... T to green, his iron play, his approach to greens is, is super solid and he's putting pretty well. So um, Webb Simpson, I think, is trending in the right direction. I do like him for this week. In terms of the lads who they've gone for, so Adam has gone for Sergio Garcia, uh, which I really like. I think that's a very good pick for this week. Uh, Mark, invisible golfer, has gone for Jason Day and Simon has gone for Patrick Reed. I like all of those picks. Um, Jason Day had a very good week last week fell away a little bit on Sunday or didn't quite push on on Sunday Patrick Reed, uh, yeah he's sort of done, he's been okay um, but he does like it here at the Valspar he's had a couple of very good performances here including a top 5 finish here last year so uh, some good picks for those guys if you want an outsider I'll give you one and it's who Simon picked last week that's Kevin Kisner 45-1 to 1. I think he's had six top finishes in a row in the top 20s. Oh, sorry, in the top 30, all in the 20s. Um, three of his last four events, he's been in the top five to 10 uh, position going to the last round. So just falling away in that last round. But he does well in challenging courses. Um, good putter, great iron player, and he's a grinder, a real grinder. So I just do, do like him to do, to, to do well this week. I think this course does set up for that. Um, and then over on the European Tour, I should say the European and Asian co-sanctioned tour event, we have the Maybank Championship, which is entering its fourth year. Uh, last year's winner was Shabanka Sharma. It was one of the two events that he won on the European Tour last year. So he'll be here defending his title, although he's not necessarily in the greatest of form at the minute. So um, to, uh, to co-defend, to win again would be a, a challenge for him. In terms of the field, it's an OK field, middling field. Um, realistically, you've got the likes of Thomas Peters, who's leading at 14 to 1, and then Jorge Campillo, uh, Zanotti, Mike Lorenzo Vera, Ryan Fox, Thomas Dutree, Adrian Aus, then the Americans, Dave Lipsky, Kitayama. Um, so it, it's it's an okay field. Uh, it's not one of the bigger fields on the European tour, but it's a good event. Um, for me this week, 
I'm not so familiar with the main back, I won't lie to you, but I'm going to go with someone I put forward as an outsider earlier in the year at the at the Super Sixes. I'm going to go with Min Woo Lee at 60-1. to one. He seems to take him very well to professional golf. Um, he's already had two top fives uh, and a top 10 in his European tour. He's played four, I think, four European tour events. So he's taken very well to the European tour. And in the absence of anyone any sort of real massive firepower and overwhelming favourite this week. At 60 to 1, I really do like his odds now. Granted, as of course, he won't have played before. It's an event he won't have played before, but I just think he's started very well to his uh, his professional career. So fingers crossed he can do it again this week. So for my winner this week, Min Woo Lee at 60 to 1. So look, there you have it. Um, overloaded with podcasts this week. As I mentioned, you've you've had the interview with Richard Franklin is already up there, so don't give that a listen. Then we obviously the uh, the the preview and review show here, and then I will also put out the interview I did with the lads from PGA Live three six five back end of the week. Uh, if you could support the podcast by subscribing, I'd be gratefully received. And you can follow me at the Spike Bar on Twitter. Uh, and again, as I said at the beginning, if there are anybody, or if there is anybody out there that you think I should be talking to, that'd be a good interviewee uh, for me to have a conversation with and share their story please do get in touch at the Spike Bar on Twitter. Give me your recommendations there. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody that you recommend. But for now, look, enjoy the golf this weekend. Uh, I'll be keeping my fingers crossed. See if I can stretch my lead over the rest of the lands with Webb Simpson. And yeah, enjoy the golf. See you next week. Cheers for now. (laughs) 